good Saturday morning. Welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, on another great Saturday morning, December 21st. Wow. Christmas is here. I hope you've gotten your Christmas shopping done. I know many of you have not. That's fine, too, you know. But it's that time of year. It's Christmas clearance at Estabrooks. Hopefully you've got the email already. Hopefully you've heard and already been in shopping. But here's the last of the last, okay? I love this holiday end-of-year sell-down, okay? It's just a great time for you as a customer to kind of stockpile some stuff for next year, okay? All the ribbon, all the bows, all the picks, all the things you decorate the wreaths with, all the artificials, all that stuff that's left over is now half price, okay? It's a great way for you to kind of fill in some of those things, save some money, and have some fresh stuff to put up next year. Now, all of these things, you may use them this year, you may not. It's fine, but it's Christmas clearance, okay? If you got through another year on that Christmas tree stand, but it's terrible, come by a Christmas tree stand. If we've got any left, I am not sure. We were getting low, but the Christmas tree stands we have, they're going to probably last you a lifetime. They're not a cheap stand. But they're one of those things that once you buy it, you will have it for years and years and years. We're still selling the same Christmas tree stand I bought 15 years ago. That's how good it is. It holds up well. Everything still works on mine. It holds a lot of water. All of those things. So I hope you're enjoying the last few days of your Christmas rush. I hope you've picked up all the food. You're getting all your prep, your plans. You baked a couple pies. You you know all of that's coming together, because all I can see from now on is the wonderful, wonderful food, a beautiful nap coming up. Everything's just gonna be fun coming up the next few days. So, hopefully the stress is kind of dimming down. There's always gift cards, obviously, and you can pick those up at our store. We're open 9 to 5 every day. And we will be closing for the season December 29th at 5 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, it's over, folks. We won't see you till March. Okay? We're going to take a couple months off. We're going to go to Tahiti. That is so not the case. Every single year, customers go, what do you do all winter? Last week, he talked about it. The primrose are all planted. The Easter lilies are planted. Some of our cuttings are already being stuck. We're doing maintenance. We're doing all of these things to get ready. It takes us three to four months just to get ready for April and May. That's how much time. All of our year-round staff are still on staff. They're still working five days a week. We're just not open in January and February. And that was a tough decision a few years ago. Okay, to shut down for January and February. You know, what were the benefits? What were the drawbacks? And when we looked at it, the cost of just heating the greenhouse didn't justify the sales. Okay, we all know how much it costs to heat our homes. Think about a greenhouse. You know, a 6,000 square foot greenhouse filled with plants and you get a snowstorm every other day. 
it just really allows us to kind of ebb and flow and work around all the problems we find in January and February. It's great because on Fridays, if we want, we get to leave a little early. You know, if there's a snowstorm, maybe the staff doesn't come in. You know, so it gives us a lot of flexibility to kind of do a lot of things, refresh, paint, do all of the things that it's tough to do when you're there as customers. So the next few weeks, we'll be working on all of that stuff. But let's talk last-minute gifts because it's that sometimes you just don't think about some of these things. So we have different things like bulbs in a bowl. They've been pre-cooled. You can plant them and give them as a gift. What about candles? I know you can find candles here, there, everywhere. But it's tough to find no-drip candles. So that might be a nice option to pick some up because you can use those year-round. Okay? Maybe you take some of those candles, right, those no-drip candles, you package them up, and you put a little note. Okay? Give them to your wife and say, every time you want a candlelit dinner, just hand me one of these. You might get them seven days in a row, but you want to want? That's a kind of cool gift. It's something to think about. doesn't cost a lot. They're on special, you know, and it would mean a lot. That would be a great stocking stuffer. You know, put two candles with a little note on it, slide it right in. Something to think about. Amaryllis. Everybody loves amaryllis. Great color, great plant for February and March. You know, those dog days of winter, you know, all of a sudden this night's, you know, bloom stem comes out, then you get six, eight, ten blossoms on it. Just really kind of revives the spirit that, yes, spring is coming. Bird feeders. Bird seed. Okay? Great for those bird watching people. They love it. You know, maybe it's somebody that doesn't bird watch, but you can get them into something different. You know, think about that. Terrariums. Terrariums are a great, great project over the winter for kids. And to go along with that, maybe it's fairy garden stuff. You can start a fairy garden New Year's Day. Kind of put it together in the terrarium. It's low maintenance. You don't have to water it all the time. Very easy to put in a kid's room. Obviously, a lot of the fairy garden stuff is what I could consider a choke hazard for young children. So you want to be age appropriate. Maybe it's in a common area. So you want to be cautious of some of those things. But a terrarium is a great way to add humidity into your home, you know, because it will kind of just continually be humid in there. Okay. And then also you might look at it as a great fun activity with your kids. Indoor fountains. Great way to humidify your house. We've talked about this time and time and time again. Think about one of those. You know, as a nice gift, they can set it up. It'll humidify the house. Then they can put it out in the garden later on in the year. Wind chimes. To me, this is one of those items that will give you year-round enjoyment. If you have a covered porch, you can put them out there and leave them out there all winter long, it'll remind you of the days when you're sitting on the porch in the rocking chair, relaxing in the summer months, and you're sitting on the couch inside and you can hear the chime going off. 
You know, the wind chimes we carry are phenomenal. And it's a great gift, something that a lot of people don't think about. Give the gift of a centerpiece if you're going to a Christmas party. You know, or Christmas Eve get-together. Give them a centerpiece. Okay? Paper whites, always an easy, easy gift. You know, put them in any type of container you might get that holds water. Maybe you've got some Christmas cookies. You know, if you've got some rocks laying around the house, you can, as long as that container holds moisture, package it up. There's always something when you unpack your Christmas that you can repurpose, I always find, as a Christmas gift. And that's one of those things. Maybe it's a tin. Maybe it's some other type of container, you know, that you're sick and tired of using around your house. You, maybe you can repurpose it. Ornaments. Great time of year to purchase ornaments. You can tie one onto the bow of a package, spruce up the look of the gift, and they're half price. So if you need to add new ornaments for next year, don't even put them on the tree. Take them home, all packaged from us, put them right in the container you store your ornaments. Don't even use them this year. And then it's like you have brand new ornaments next year when you decorate your tree. Great way to kind of add, cut your costs, and really add some cool, neat ornaments. Last but not least, garden gloves, garden tools, watering wands, all of those things that people use day in and day out. Just think back to when you were gardening this back in the season. Maybe it's a new pitchfork for the compost pile to turn it. All of those tools, look out in the garage and look at your husband or wife's tools and see what is shop-worn, partly, partially broken. Maybe it's a new set of pruners. They won't even think about it. They won't even think that you are thinking about it. It's a great, great way to add a whole lot. And then, of course, there's all the Christmas lights, the decorations, the swags, you know, all of those things that can be a nice accent in your home and or around. I have wonderful roping, artificial roping I use on my banister. And, you know, at this time of the year, even though I own the company, a lot of times the leftover things I'll purchase and stick kind of, you know, things into those picks and whatnot and to have diversity in what you pack away is nice because you can change things without changing a lot. You just repurpose and use them at different places in the house year in and year out. So, you know, for next year, I'm going to purchase some different picks that would be different from what I've been using in the past few years. I'm going to purchase something that I can just throw in there and it gives a totally different look, even though it's the same roping I've always put up but it gives a totally different look. And then I might also have some of those picks that I, I pick into an artificial green wreath on the wall and kind of it all ties together. So think about how you can change things and then also how you can use what all you already you have in a different area. So you might have some of that roping. Maybe it goes on a mantle instead. Or it, it you do something different. The thing is to think about it now and then you have until the 29th to implement it. But don't feel like you have to buy it and put it up this year. 
buy one of those nice big totes, put new 2014 Christmas decorations, and you'll be off to the races. You've saved a bunch of money, and you've got some really cool new stuff and to get excited about decorating your home next year. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com. For over 60 years, Wiltproof has provided the most effective protection against moisture loss in plants under water stress, and no other product comes close. Our non-hazardous, organic, and biodegradable film is like having several layers of protection. As the outside layer of Wiltproof wears off with the weather, another layer forms. Wiltproof is the only horticulture anti-transparent that has the ability to provide this long-lasting protection. Put your trust in Wiltproof. Check out their site at wiltproof.com. That's wilt-proof.com. The drifting scent of balsam in the air can mean only one thing. It's Christmas time at Estabrooks in Yarmouth. Transform your house into a home for the holidays with fresh greens, bright red winter berries, glistening ribbon, rustic pine cones, and twinkling lights. No time to decorate? Choose from a wide selection of handsomely decorated wreaths and holiday baskets or have an expert at the Holiday Design Center personalize a special wreath for your door. The holidays are here. Make them special with a little help from Estabrooks. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of the holidays. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook on another great Saturday. Merry Christmas to you all. Last show before Christmas, you know, a lot of hustle and bustle going on. You know, the Garden Center has just been a, a big ball of energy all season. And, you know, if you have questions, don't hesitate to contact us. Estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. We'll be adding in all kinds of new things for the upcoming year and really kind of talking over a lot of the things for spring coming up after the new year. So, you know, don't hesitate to start asking questions. If you have a specific area or problem, you know, don't hesitate to ask. Again, estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. And we've had some questions come in and, and, uh, this one here uh, makes a lot of sense to me. It's about Christmas cactus, and the question is, how do I care for my Christmas cactus after it's done blooming? This is a great question because it's one of those one of those questions that you think it's a cactus. Oh, how how tough can it be? How you know? But there's a few things that you need to do with Christmas cactus to keep them happy. Now, there's one problem I wanted to talk about, and it's a virus that attacks cactus. And a lot of times you'll see blotching or splotching on the leaves. Maybe even they start to look a little white. Um, and you'll have some wilting and, and some specific branches that start to die off. That is a virus, and there's nothing we can do about virus, okay? 
and it's transmitted in a few different ways. It can be transmitted, you know, if you cut back one of your cactus and you go and you cut the other cactus, you can transmit it that way. It also can be transmitted by insects in season. Um, but more often than not, we don't see a lot of problems with virus. Christmas cactus are one of those plants that are very easy plants. We typically kill them with kindness is our biggest problem when it comes to Christmas cactus. So here's a few tips. I hope your Christmas cactus is blooming well year in and year out. So let's talk about number one, if your Christmas cactus is not blooming well. Number one, a lot of times Christmas cactus, they like to be pot bound. Okay, so if you have taken your Christmas cactus and you have planted in a pot that is too big, a lot of times the plant will not thrive and grow very well. It's too much soil. It just does not like that environment. It doesn't dry out as quick. That could be a problem why your Christmas cactus isn't, isn't blooming well. The other thing is, periodically, Christmas cactus do like to go outside during the summer months. They like the heat. They like the humidity. I like a part sun location so they don't get burned. That tends to really help them with growing. Now, if you put your Christmas cactus outside, a lot of times what will happen is when you bring it in the house, the plant will bud up and bloom early. So that can be a premature bloom situation on Christmas cactus. It's pretty common, and the reason being is changing the environment will make the plant think that it's closer to Christmas. So you've taken it from a nice sunny locations out on the deck, you've brought it in the house that's darker, that's mimicking, think about the time of year that they typically set bud and flower. Okay, so you're mimicking that early. So a lot of times that will be the case of why you're Christmas cactus would be blooming early. And then, of course, at Christmas, you have no blossoms on the plant. So it's important that if you put out your Christmas cactus, put it out and bring it back in by August 15th. Okay? The light levels are good enough. Put it in a nice sunny window and then start moving it into a darker and darker place the later on in the season we go. The other thing is making sure you keep it in a cool spot all fall, okay? Because if you put your Christmas cactus in a warm spot after it's set flower bud, it's going to bloom much quicker, okay? Also, once they've set flower bud, do not fertilize at all until after flowering, okay? So here we are. We've got a Christmas cactus, okay? The care to get it to bloom at Christmas time is fairly easy. Nine times out of ten, if you leave them in the house, they're going to show up around Thanksgiving into Christmas. The trick is keeping them cool, like I said. But how do you care for it after Christmas is one of the most important things because it's a cactus. It likes a fair amount of light. It likes to be happy in the off-season, okay? Now, typically, we kill them with kindness in the winter months, so cut back on the water and cut back on the fertilizer. If you haven't transplanted your Christmas cactus in a few years, one thing that is important is when you transplant your Christmas cactus, you use cactus soil, and you also use 
one size pot larger. No more than half an inch larger than the pot you already have it in. I'm going to say that again. Half an inch larger, not three inches, because the plant's nice, big, and wide. It likes to be pot-bound. And it's very, very important that we do so. Okay? Christmas cactus are very easy, and once we've transplanted them in this time frame, we want to water them thoroughly, and it may may take three weeks before you water again because you've got all that new soil. Always use lukewarm water when you're watering your Christmas cactus. They are very tender to cold water, so if you take it right out of the tap and you water in your Christmas cactus with cold, cold water, you can actually be damaging the root system. Okay? So more often than not, we kill them with kindness. Okay? So Christmas cactus are an easy plant. They tend to like being neglected, though a little bit of care here and there may go a long way. Always pick off the spent blossoms. Okay, just go through and nip them off. Many times you'll get a second set of blossoms if you don't allow the blossoms to go to seed. So as they start to wither and shrivel, just pick them off. A lot of times you're rewarded with another set of flower blossoms. Okay, keep your cactus cool. I know it goes against what you're thinking, but your longevity of blossom will be much, much longer. So cool temperatures and a whole bunch of blossoms equals a fun Christmas cactus. Another question we have is, and this kind of goes around the theme, being the 21st, now's that time. You've probably purchased most of your poinsettias. They've been in the house for a little bit now. But should I keep my poinsettias, and how easy is it to keep the color or have them change color next year? It's a great question, and one a lot of people may or may not like the answer I'm going to give. Poinsettias are a dirty plant. They harbor many problems and can create more problems than good in your home. They are the number one holiday plant of our industry. They are the number one selling plant in all of our industry, if you can believe that. Christmas is a huge holiday. They are used for decoration and not everywhere. Think about it. Every commercial space you go to has some. Every home has some. They're everywhere. Every grocery store, chain, they're everywhere. You just don't know what you're getting when you buy a poinsettia. Now, we take very, very, very seriously our maintenance of insects on our poinsettias because the last thing we want to do is sell you a plant and you take it home and it infests a whole bunch of other plants. Now I'm talking about whitefly. And we talked a little bit about this last week on the show. But whitefly is definitely something that will spread here, there, everywhere. Those lovely little whiteflies, they fly and buzz all over your plants. They're kind of a pain to get rid of. So when it comes to poinsettias, How easy is it to get them to color for the next year? It's awful. It is not worth your time or energy. When you're talking a plant that costs someplace between $5 and $25, why waste your time? Now, if you live in Florida, 
you can plant them outside as a shrub. You know, if you live in a in in a warm climate down south, they're a tropical. They'll grow like a shrub. You can cut them back. They'll flower and color and do all of those things. So that's something to think about. Are you driving to Florida to your summer home after Christmas? Throw them in the car. Bring them down there. Plant them. My in-laws did that last year. And we'll be seeing how they did after after Christmas. We're going to be headed to Florida for a week. Have uh, New Year's down in Key West. Blow off a little steam. Get re-energized for the, uh, the upcoming season. But when it comes to poinsettias, they are a plant I would say enjoy through the month of January. If you notice you've got a problem with whitefly, discard them. Just put them outside overnight and your problem will go away. They'll freeze, it'll kill all the white flies, and then just discard the plant, recycle the pot. You're good to go. Periodically, like we talked about last last week, take the plant up and look under the leaf. If you see little white dots or you see little white flies flying around, you know you have a problem. Then be very proactive in getting rid of all of those poinsettias. Okay, and maybe it's just one that you have a problem on, and you can discard that one. But how do you get them to recolor the following year? Okay, so here's the steps of how much you have to do to get these plants to be happy. And I hope you take the same opinion as me. So you're going to keep it, and you're going to try. Because, you know, there are a lot of people that are, Love horticulture, and they they just have to try it for themselves. And and you know what? Everybody should try it at least once. So it's after Christmas. Your poinsettias, they still have good color. It's probably March. You've maybe sprayed them down periodically for any little white fly problems. Now we're getting towards May. They've dropped a lot of leaves. They kind of look like sticks. They're not really looking all that great, but you're you're sticking in there. We get to the end of May and June. The frost is gone. It's time to think about starting to put them outside. At this point, I want you to cut back the plants. Okay? We're going to cut them back to about three or four inches. And I know it's going to be like, it, it's going to be tough for you to do, but you just got to take the pruners and prune them back. Prune them back to three to four inches. What that will do is all the dormant buds on the main stems, they will branch out. Okay, you're going to start to see new leaves form. Everything's going to kind of start to rejuvenate. Okay, at this time, we're going to transplant them into a bigger pot. This, we're going to go maybe two sizes bigger because we've got the whole growing season. We've got June, July, August, September, October, November, December. We've got to keep them happy. Okay. And we start our poinsettias at the end of June, just so you know, okay, and grow them all that time for the Christmas season. So here we are. We're, we're in June. You've cut back your plant. It's starting to grow out. It's starting to look good. At this point, I want you to thin maybe a few branches. Maybe we've got too many branches in there, okay, and we're going to thin them out. We're going to let it grow for a while. Things are going to be looking good. We're up about six inches or so. We're going to think about pinching the plant at this time. 
We're going to take the terminal buds out or those those nice new growth points, and we're just going to pinch them out. That's going to make it branch again. At this time, we're going to bring it in the house. We're going to get it in a nice final spot, and we're going to get in a room that has absolutely, positively no light turned on for the rest of the holiday season. Okay, and what I'm talking about is from probably September 1st all the way until probably October 15th. You can't make a mistake and go into the room and flick the light on, do a project, and then shut the light off and walk out. It will trick the plant to think it's a long day and it won't color. So all of these things wrap up into problems. You've had to spray along the way for whitefly. You've had to do all this extra work for a 5 to 15 to $20 plant. Not worth it to me. Okay? Not worth it to me, especially when you've got such great people growing great plants locally. Support your local garden centers. Support your local florists. You know, pick up a poinsettia and enjoy it all season. Use it for 8 to 12 weeks and be done with it. If you have to try, those are the steps you have to do. If you're having problems along the way, don't hesitate to contact me if you need to try this out. Check in with me every month if you need to. I'll help you out. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Fall is in the air, leaves are changing, pumpkins turning, and fall is the best time to plant trees, shrubs, and perennials. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. For over 60 years, Wilt Proof has provided the most effective protection against moisture loss in plants under water stress, and no other product comes close. Our non-hazardous, organic, and biodegradable film is like having several layers of protection. As the outside layer of Wilt Proof wears off with the weather, another layer forms. Wiltproof is the only horticulture anti-transparent that has the ability to provide this long-lasting protection. Put your trust in Wiltproof. Check out their site at wiltproof.com. That's wilt-proof, P-R-U-F, dot com. The drifting scent of balsam in the air can mean only one thing. It's Christmas time at Estabrooks in Yarmouth. Transform your house into a home for the holidays with fresh greens, bright red winter berries, glistening ribbon, rustic pine cones, and twinkling lights. No time to decorate? Choose from a wide selection of handsomely decorated wreaths and holiday baskets or have an expert at the Holiday Design Center personalize a special wreath for your door. The holidays are here. Make them special with a little help from Estabrooks. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of the holidays. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. And boy, uh, it's that time of year, the off-season. What do we do out in the garden? I've got a question here. My apple trees need pruning. When is the best time to prune? I hear it's winter, but what does that really mean? 
Okay, winter, basically for apple trees, it's basically the whole winter season you can prune. Basically, any time in December, January, February is the best time to prune your apple trees. And many of your other trees, it works well also. Okay, some of your shade trees, it works great. You know, there are many times of year, the nice time about winter months is there's no leaves on the trees. The nice part is you can see the structure of the plant. So getting in there, taking any branches that are crossing, getting in there, taking off those branches at the time of year when there's no sap running. So if you prune, like, say, your maple trees in the winter months, the nice part about that is you're pruning when there's no sap running. The tree has some time to heal and and harden over. And then when the sap does start to flow, you don't have this oozing canker showing up. Now, for your apple trees, it's nice to get out there at that time of year, pick a nice warm day, get out there and do some pruning. Now, pruning structure for an apple tree, you want to make sure and take anything that's going straight up, vertical. You want to take off a lot of your sucker growth, meaning all that little sucker growth that shows up on the main stems, anything that's crossing, and then you may just want to take off some of the far-reaching weight periodically. There is a right way to prune an apple tree. It's tough to describe on the radio. But certainly if you have questions, don't hesitate to bring in pictures of your trees and come in and talk to us. You know, it's important that we can kind of talk over some of these things Will the plant grow out of it? Will the plant grow back? Absolutely. The other thing is, never a bad idea to talk to somebody who owns an orchard. They can give you great ideas. When you go to apple picking in the fall, stop and talk to them. Hey, uh, you know, you can stand there by the tree. They can tell you what they do, when they do it, how they do it. They are a wealth of knowledge. And obviously, if our home apple trees would look as good as the apple orchards, everybody would have apple trees in their yard. So this is the perfect time to go ahead and prune your apple trees. Okay. Other things we can prune at this time of year, depending on snow, you know, certainly many, many other plants can be pruned on in the winter months. I've got some trees this year I'm going to do some light pruning on. I've actually got a beach I'm going to kind of thin out a little bit this winter. I'm gonna, I've got six apple trees I've got to prune, and I've got a Nyssa sylvatica I planted this, this past fall that I'm not going to touch because I just planted it. I want it to kind of have at least a year to really kind of thrive. I've got a Coosa dogwood. I've got a couple branches I'm going to nip at. So I'm going to do a little bit of winter pruning here or there. And at the same time, like we talked about last week, I'm going to take the opportunity to stomp down that snow around the base of those trees so that they don't get mice damage. And so if you heard the show last week, we talked a little bit about mice damage and how that may or may not um, be a problem that you have, but just compacting the snow around the bases, two or three feet around the base, how that will help. If it's a time of year when we've got a lot of snow, maybe get out the, the, the snowshoes. 
and you can pack the snow down around with those. Makes it a little bit easier, a little bit easier way to do it. You can go for a nice walk, you know, win, win, win. But a nice winter activity. I have pruned plants on snowshoes before, like, you know, my apple trees. Now, my apple trees aren't that big yet. So I don't need a ladder to get up in there. I don't need a lot of extra help. I can reach most everything I, I need to do. And I have a nice pole pruner. I can take some off from the ground. So even if the snow is high, you still can get out there and do a lot of extra work. So great question. Perfect time of year to start thinking about that. The only thing is pick a nice sunny warm day and a big cup of coffee or hot chocolate to go along with it. So great question. Here's the other question that I thought was wonderful that was submitted. My birds have been eating at my feeders all year. All of a sudden, they've just stopped. Any quick idea why that might be the case? I haven't gotten out to check my feeders yet, but what might be the problem? Bird feeders are a prime example of this is the perfect time of year where they freeze. Okay, so you think about it. You've got your seed in the house. You take it out to the bird feeder. You fill it up. We get snow and ice and all kinds of other moisture. It gets into the seed, and it taints the seed first off. Birds do not like wet seed. Never. They'll stop nine times out of ten. The other situation is maybe the feeder isn't feeding the seed out the holes or onto the feeding tray because it's frozen. Okay, And if that's the case, then it's very, very simple. We change out the seed or we bring it in and warm it up. Now, if you bring in your feeder and you warm it up, classic scenario, you've just added moisture to your seed. So the key to success is changing out the seed. Okay, And then in order to get your birds to really start to show up again, take some handfuls of seed and throw them around on the snow around the bird feeder. What that will do is from the air it will signify that there's activity at the feeder again. Okay? And the birds will see it and they'll start to come back. But unless you signify that, they've been trained over a short period of time that there's no food over there. So that little bit of feed on the snow will signify that they need to come back. And they'll come back in droves. They haven't left. They haven't gone that far. They're still checking around. They're just not coming into the feeder due to the fact that it's probably frozen or something else is going on. Now, if it's frozen, you need to bring it in. You need to thaw it out. It's a perfect opportunity to wash your feeder at the same time. Make sure and dry it well. But washing your feeder is also another important thing. You know, depending on the types of birds that are coming in, you may have some sort of other problem going on with your feeder. Maybe there's some bacteria or some other problems going on in there. So take the opportunity, wash, dry the feeder really well, and you'll probably find you're back in business right away. Okay? So bird feeders, a little bit of maintenance goes a long way. The other thing is... Make sure you have some fresh suet or fat out for your birds. It's crucial for them in the winter months, okay? Fat really does a great thing of bolstering their system and really helping them kind of 
with a high, high content of calories for the winter months. Goes a long way with a lot of birds, you know, and think about using some of the other things you might have around the house. Maybe you've got a stale loaf of bread, a whole bunch of other things you can add in out there. Fruits that are maybe passe, you can go ahead, cut those in half, put them on some fruit holders. They'll also help a lot. Try some different things. Add some different things. You may be really surprised what type of different birds come in. You know, I love, absolutely love the Oriole feeders, you know, and some of those uh, wonderful colored birds that can come in by adding some of these different things. So I hope that helps. The bird feeders can be a problem this time of year. Check them often. Check them because our mother nature doesn't play very nicely. If you have a good dome over the top of your feeder, that's a great thing to add. If you do not have one, add a dome that will help protect from the elements, and you'll probably find the birds will really, really come back in full stride. So I hope that helps. You know, certainly the birds are a major part to our winter months. Adding to your landscape is another thing. Okay, so you're watching the birds out there. You really are enjoying that. But let's take a mental note of what you might need to add to your landscape to make them even happier. I've got some wonderful ornamental grasses I've left up. And the plumes, they the birds have been feeding on the plumes like crazy the last few weeks. And so... Think about the plants you might add to your yard for winter interest and also winter bird attraction. There's some great plants that have seed pods that you might leave up instead of cutting down. Prime example, I have some Miscanthus floridus, some big, big, tall 8 to 10 foot grasses I left up. And it's great cover for them and they also absolutely love the cover of them and they also love the seed pods. So think about the plants you might need to add to your landscape for your birds. So great, great addition, you know, to your landscapes. Think spring already. I know it's tough, but take note of those winter interest things out there in your yard. You're sitting in the house. You're looking out your window. Boy, a tree would look good there. Boy, a, a flowering shrub would look great here. Oh, a nice dwarf conifer would really add a lot at this time of year. More often than not, we're not thinking about the landscape outside. And let's face it, half of our year is winter months. Without leaves on, you know, interest is a huge, huge thing. So think about those things coming up. We'll be right back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. The holidays should be a time for celebrating tradition while bringing family and friends together. Unfortunately, it often turns into a season of frustration and stress. Simplify your holidays by visiting Estabrooks in Yarmouth. Learn how to decorate with lifelike artificial greens that provide all the beauty and none of the mess. Have a design expert tailor an elegant centerpiece for your holiday table or pick up a thoughtful gift from the Garden Emporium. Thanks to Estabrooks, your holidays can be beautiful and stress-free at the same time. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of the holidays. For over 60 years, Wilt Proof has provided the most effective protection against moisture loss in plants under water stress, and no other product comes close. Our non-hazardous organic and biodegradable film is like having several layers of protection. 
As the outside layer of Wiltproof wears off with the weather, another layer forms. Wiltproof is the only horticulture anti-transparent that has the ability to provide this long-lasting protection. Put your trust in Wiltproof. Check out their site at wiltproof.com. That's wilt-proof.com. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. On the 21st of December, Christmas is upon us. A whole lot of things going on. I hope you're geared up, ready for the masses of people probably coming to your house or the trek that you have to make to your family or just a nice down time. Enjoy the holiday. You know, it's really a great time of year. One more question we have here is, I have some snow and ice on my plants and trees every year. I always question whether I should go out and knock the snow and ice off or I should let Mother Nature do what it needs to do with the plants. Will I do more damage by knocking off the snow and ice or is it better for me to knock off the snow and ice on my plants year in and year out? Well, this is a this is a great question because you kind of have to use some judgment on your yard, your situation, your type of plant. In a nutshell, if you've got good, healthy, established plants that you've been pruning properly and good branching structure... You probably don't have to do a lot unless we're a severe situation where we get extreme heavy snow with rain coming or a heavy ice storm or whatnot. You probably don't have to do a lot. Now, with that being said, there are every single one of us that have plants that are specific in our yard that we notice, well, the plant crotches aren't really great or the 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 branching structure is really not that strong or this is a plant that's very brittle and always breaks to me those are the plants that you need to key in on maybe you have some large arborvitae that in the past have splayed open because of heavy snow to me a light shaking of the plant isn't a bad thing now, taking a 2x4 and smacking into the top of the plant, that might create more damage. But here's the general rule of thumb that I always use with my plants. When in doubt, knock the snow out. It's just simple as that. If it looks like it's going to be a wet storm, don't wait until the storm is completely done. Knock it, over, knock it off halfway through the storm. Think about those pine trees how beautiful are they when they have that nice heavy wet snow there isn't a track in the yard it's like a postcard out there you'd still have the postcard if you went out halfway through the storm and knocked it off because all of the tracks and everything you know 
But think about it this way. If you take half the weight off, all of your plants are probably going to sustain just fine. If you wait until they splay open or the branch is broken, either the plant's ruined or you've got a major prune job and rehab project coming up in the spring. So you really kind of have to gauge the situation. You have to gauge the scenario of what may or may not happen to that plant. I like to err on the side of caution because I want my plants to be around for 15, 20, 25, 30 years. As the plants get larger, it gets tougher and tougher to do it all. But during that first 10 years of the life of the plant, after you plant it, the likelihood is you're going to know which plants can sustain a little heavier snow and which ones can't. Maybe it's even your apple trees. Think about it. If you need to put some support under them when they're full of apples in the summer months, maybe those boards or something you stick underneath the branches to keep them upright. You know, in the summer, in the summer months when all that fruit, you got those in the garage. Run out. Throw them underneath. An easy, simple fix. Something you can do that wouldn't take a lot and would be easy to do. So snow and ice, ice is the toughest thing to deal with because you can't really knock it off. It sticks. It's solid. There's not a whole heck of a lot you can do with ice. The only thing I can say is support your plants the best you can. If you have a plant that really, really struggles with, with, with ice, maybe tie it up before an ice storm. Support that plant, and you'll probably find it'll do much better. Mother Nature can be extreme at times, but a little bit of vigilance will, will go a long way. And there's nothing worse when you've got 10 years in on a plant and it breaks. That's a big investment, not only in money, but time. And unfortunately, it's very, very tough for us to get time back when it comes to plants or our yard. You can always replace, you know, and sometimes replacement's not a bad thing. But it's tough when that plant looks so perfect in that spot and it really, really holds everything together. So I hope that helps. You know, hopefully coming up, we won't have any big damaging snows. We won't have any big ice storms, but hey, let's think about the realistic situation. There's going to be a nor'easter in our future. There's going to be heavy, wet snow in March. It's going to happen at some point. So I want to wrap up this week's show. You know, last week we talked a lot about employees at the end of the show and how wonderful they are and how much they help us, and, and they're just such great people that we work with day in and day out. But being the holiday season, I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And I just want to say thank you for another wonderful, wonderful year. We close for the season on the 29th. It's our Christmas clearance. Come in and see us. But what I really wanted to talk about today was I just wanted to say thank you. Every single year, year in and year out, we're blessed with great sales. We're blessed with great people that shop with us. We have a lot of fun along the way. And sometimes this time of year, it's just nice to reflect and reflect on all the great, great things that have happened in the year. We've had an amazing season at Estabrooks. It's been the first year of the radio show. It's gone 
in my opinion, fairly well. I'm not sure about the host, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, we've had a lot of great guests, but overall, through and through, we have amazing customers. So I want to thank you on behalf of my family and my staff and everyone. Have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy yourself. I hope to see you in March when we open back up in Yarmouth. April will be Kennebunk and Scarborough. Things are just going to be full of bloom, but along the way this winter, please keep tuning in to the radio show. We'll be talking about a whole host of different things. Submit your questions at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. I'm looking forward to some time off. I'm looking forward to a whole bunch of things coming up. We've got one more show before the new year. You know, so next week we'll be talking about a whole bunch of different things kind of coming up for the new year. We'll start our process of of what's going to be happening for 2014. Rock in the new year and just absolutely enjoy ourselves. So, from my family, myself, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for coming in and shopping with us. I hope we've made your holiday and year a little brighter. I hope you can reflect on the wonderful things you have out in your yard. Take notice at the winter beauty that a landscape can have, whether it be in your yard, whether it be going to a park and, and watching the wildlife and or the wonderful plants with the glistening snow. To me, a wonderful landscape shines every single time of year. And this is a special time of year. It's always such a special thing here in Maine. Get out, enjoy your landscape, enjoy your yard, but most importantly, enjoy your family. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Enjoy your Saturday. Thank you.